part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. I can't hear anything. Can't hear anything? No. Is it working? Can you hear? New year. Isn't this long as you can hear it i don't even need to plug it might it's probably these headphones just pull them out push them back in no let's just let's just record a podcast You're just pretend like everything is working no nothing nothing is working okay so okay you're getting here switch me here you wear these how welcome carl no you you're have to hear deaf. you have to wear these you have to hear no i don't yes you do I don't. How are you going to play the outro music? That's 45 minutes from now. I have plenty of time to figure that out. Oh, geez. Hello, hello. See, now it's, it's I can hear it now. And these are, it's, that, it's those headphones. Okay, let's see. We've already ruined the podcast. There's nothing more, there's nothing less interesting than technical difficulties to start a show. I apologize, Carl. The uh, podcast ninja's not saying anything. He's just eating goldfish over there. <laughs> I'm not bothered at all. And the peaches. It's probably this. It's their anniversary, and so it was sushi night. And we smell of soy sauce and raw fish and rice. And love. And love. The kids are out watching a movie. We've been to Grandparents' Day. All in all, a good day. It's, it's not working, is it? All right, here, just take no, these. it's fine. Take these headphones back. I can hear with All right. both of them. All right, so Luke has a story that he wants to tell while the peaches oh. messes around and probably shuts the podcast thing off. We're just going just well, gonna to lead with it, huh? I want to lead. Uh, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about, but hmm. I don't expect that I'll be able to get to them because Amanda is going to dominate the conversation as soon as you're done. That's no, I'm likely. not going to because I was going to say that when I was editing the last one, the last podcast episode, it was very funny, and we had some good moments, like when we were talking about Mark from PNC and how I made best friends with him and all that. But then, like, the rest of the time, I wasn't really super impressed with my own contribution. So today, I'm going to make a concerted effort to not... Contribute. ...talk <laughs> <laughs> at all. Great. As much as possible. Great. So far... <laughs> So far, not I, doing that well. I am so not good. betting that you will fail. <laughs> okay, it's your uh, turn. You have the floor. So Luke hasn't told anybody this story. I have yet. not told anybody this it's story. It's brand new. It's, yeah. So it was Memorial Day, so not too long ago. Um, we I went with my dad and my brother-in-law to Lawrenceburg Racetrack. Every year on Memorial Day, we go to this big sprint car race, and it was... Uh, Right before opening ceremonies, they'd done all the qualifying and everything, and I thought now was a great time for me to go to the bathroom before we get this started, and I'm in my seat forever. And so I go to the restroom, and you walk in, and then there's a wall of sinks, and then behind that wall is where the urinals and the stalls are. And so I go in, and there's a couple guys at the urinals, 
and then there's one open urinal and then one open urinal next to it. So there's two open urinals. So I go not next to the guys because right. that's guy code. So I go right. to the other one and it is full of liquid. Uh-huh. Not completely full, but as if a couple people hadn't flushed. Right. Um, and so I was like, ah, it's, whatever. It's been used. And not flushed. And yeah. not flushed. And so I use it uh, and I fill it up pretty decently. And mm-hmm. then when I'm think, I, I go to flush it, and I see that there is debris down at the drain. That's why there's liquid in there because it's not there's draining properly. Peanut shells and gum and other right. junk. And I think when I flush it, maybe that'll dislodge and it'll drain. Sure. And so though I just flush. Did you really think that? I did. Huh. <laughs> I did. And so it begins to rise, and uh-huh. I thought, okay, if we can just get to the top and level out and be fine, and then and it'll I'll, stop. And the next person will be the window. Right. And but it didn't. It rose and then overflows. And it's <laughs> splashing on the floor loudly. And the guys who were next to me have finished and they're already gone. It's just me and this urinal and this urinal fountain is waterfalling. And it it starts to like the puddle on the floor starts to turn and go under the stall. And I'm I'm looking and there's feet. And like by the time I realize that, I hear, what the f- F word. <laughs> so I leave because I'm not about to. I didn't say anything. I just left. You're not, not going to try to explain it. No. No, there was peanut shells <laughs> and gum, and I just went ahead and flushed it because I figured it, it would all go down. It overflowed a lot. Yeah. Um, and now this guy is just standing in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking for a mop. Or the guy a, in the stall, yes, right? Yes, yes. So his pants are like down on the floor, yeah, right? He, he, he just sees this. Lake of urine coming yeah. his way. Uh-huh. Um, and peanut shells. And, yeah. And so I'm looking for a mop or, or towels or anything, and all they have are the dispensers. Like, like you wave, and you get, like, two inches of paper towel. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to stand here for ten minutes doing this. So I just wash my hands and go. And then, like, they're doing the national anthem, so I just stop at the exit, <laughs> put my hand over my heart, do the anthem, and I go up to my seat. And I have no idea how that resolved but i didn't tell anybody i just enjoyed the race you didn't say a word i didn't say a word that's a story that i would yeah i'll have you know that when i had my embarrassing moment that involved a bathroom and tabby at the church i came and told you guys that night yes you did that very evening when I, as soon as I remembered really mm-hmm. <laughs> we were all going back home from we the told show. carl about i this. told you Immediately. Mm-hmm. So. I have never heard of a person overflowing a <laughs> urinal before. It was so loud. It was like. I, psh, 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 psh. Yeah. 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 I'm just it would be falling there. from a higher height. It, like it would be falling from higher than it would with a normal toilet. So when right. you overflow a toilet. Well, the lower the ground, toilets it do. It far. runs down. It doesn't It doesn't spill over and splash down. Yeah. It, it runs down. the. Right. I was okay with that. I was figuring out. I was trying to solve that but when the dude said wtf out loud yeah. i was like ah this is a whole different layer of uh, awkward <laughs> i'm sorry sir yeah. <laughs> yeah let me explain what i was trying to do <laughs> while you dry i didn't have a good explanation because it wouldn't have made sense because it was just a dumb dumb thing would you have gone in a urinal immediately next to the guy who was already there if you had known, or would you have just waited for him to be done? No, I would have. Would you have just moved over? 
to the urinal. Like if that guy had come out, would you have just moved over to the other urinal and acted like you were using that one and just look at the one that's overflowing? Like, I don't have any idea what's going on with that. It just started running. Mm, no, I wouldn't have had that clear of a head. It was fight or flight for me at that point. Yeah, okay. Okay, so you would have used the one next to a guy, yeah. immediately directly next to him. Yes. If you had known, because it's preferable to overflowing the urinal. Yes, yeah. thousand would times. You yes. Have I would agree with that decision. Out loud, would you have said out loud, I don't trust that one over there? Would Luke have said it out loud? No, no of course not. Not at all. So you would have just let him think that you were weird? Right. Luke just, he would, he would have let the guy think that he knew nothing about bathroom etiquette. Right. <laughs> You would rather stand right shoulder to shoulder with a guy next to you than to say. It would have been a bonding moment. You you, you sot, sidle up next to the guy, and as you're getting ready to do your business, you say, hey, look, man, I know that I'm not supposed to be in this urinal. I know this is not the place <laughs> for that's me. that's mine yeah. over there. No, I know I don't belong here. There's not in 10 lifetimes would I start that conversation. But look at that other, and, and then while he's in the middle of his business, say, look over there. Look, look at, at that. that one over there. Yeah, would just look over it? there. Would you look at, look at the peanut shells and the gum in there. Do you <laughs> know you what's going to happen if I use him? Pull the audience before you go. Like, okay, I'm okay with waiting. <laughs> All right, men, can I have your attention? <laughs> What would you do, <laughs> fellas? You don't. You don't have to turn around. But fellas I want to know wait, at the racetrack. What should I do here, fellow race fans? <laughs> do you know how Kokomo Speedway solved this problem? Hmm. They have troughs. They just have two troughs on yeah, either side of the wall. Those are the most unsanitary things. The, the splashing and the. There is no overflowing with that. But I there is splashing. Get, it's just a it's a fine mist of urine that just <laughs> rises up out of that trough and wafts into the air. I am pro trough. That's I how am. the Romans used to do it. <laughs> That's how the Romans did it. Didn't they have a latrine? Isn't that what a, a latrine is? I am pro trough. <laughs> Excuse me, gentlemen. How is it less awkward? I'm going to put that on my rider. At a trough. There's no, Green Moon must have a trough. At least with a urinal, there is a delineated space that you're supposed to occupy. With a trough, it's just... It's a free-for-all. Yeah, there's no, yeah. There's no line. Like you're living on the edge. I feel like it would be more sanitary because... A trough? Yeah, because I don't think that the janitor cleans the walls when there are urinals and that's what you would have to do because there's still splashing happening when there's a urinal you just don't see it yes but at a trough i've i have been in troughs where guys stand on both sides of the trough Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. yeah no see with the urinals like as many urinals as there are is as many guys who can pee with a trough it's as as comfortable <laughs> as you want to be is how many guys can pee uh-huh. right I mean, you can stand sideways and get a whole bunch of dudes in there. So, if you've never listened to the comedian next door before... No, you absolutely can't stand sideways. We don't usually talk this much about bathroom stuff. It is not like, oh, Christian comedy, that's probably just all about... It's all about bathrooms. Toilets, right? Probably the only thing they ever joke about is... Well, when Tabby's on. Body fluids. Tabby's not on, so you can't blame her. I just yeah. wanted to clarify that. So I, I was not usual. I was conflicted as to whether to tell that story on stage. One because it's literal bathroom humor, 
right? And two, is. because the climax of that story is a dude yelling the F word. And it's mm-hmm. like, I couldn't figure out a way to say that in another phrasing that had the same impact. You know, Was him yelling important to the story? Yes. Or just seeing the feet? No, him yelling. Him, him reacting to it yeah. was how you, yeah. Because he can't see me. The? All he sees is this lake All coming. he sees <laughs> is just a stall. river coming so towards him. just say, what the? And then just drop it. Just say, Oh my goodness! Great, Scott! (laughs) What the (laughs) pafarco? Yeah, just take it all the way back to like the 1700s. Yeah. Good heavens! My word! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my word! (laughs) Here's Tavia. Well, this wets my knickers. (laughs) There's a. There's a wall of moisture <laughs> snaking under the door. <laughs> uh, Button down the hatches. Button down. It looks like we're in for a bit of a blow. Anyway. Uh, all right. That's it. All right. Well, the uh, Pat Robertson saga. Didn't we bring him up last time? We probably did, but. I thought we were going to talk about cults, but I'm not going to talk. He's still on my mind. We can talk about cults. You but, can talk about. Cults. But here's what I want to. Here's what I want to throw out. I thought out, you said Colts. I, like, I thought Roberts. we were going to get into sports. I, I made the mistake last week, Carl. In case you missed it, of uh, of saying that Pat Robertson was. Now the people who, uh, who hated Pat Robertson, he never actually harmed them. He never did anything to those people, and that got I me. I think a lot your of point money. was that Pat Robertson never formed a mob of a thousand other Christians and right. they went and attacked somebody. Like openly declaring the world was better. Well, because it depends they were gone. on right. It depends on how you define attacked. <laughs> but there's a lot of people who said he said such mean things and he caused so much harm. He destroyed the country. I mean, there was a lot of hyperbole around Pat Robertson. And, I, and one of the things that kept popping up over and over and over is he blamed gay people for for typhoons and hurricanes and earthquakes, mm-hmm. and he probably did. Um, but here's what I. Here's what occurred to me this week, and then we can move on to cults. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we can say that Pat Robertson was wrong about that unless we go for, I don't know, six months, a year. We go for a year with zero homosexual activity <laughs> <laughs> and see... Uh-huh. See what happens to the number of earthquakes and hurricanes. Right. Right? I mean, until we do that, until we have that control. Right, that control. Then then you can't say that Pat Robertson was off his rocker. Well, it's not a scientific study anyway. Right. And without that. So I say we take a moratorium on all uh all gayness. All LGBTQ, all LGBTQ, all of it, all of it. For just in the name of science, you, you these people supposedly love science, and this would be for the sake of science. It's like to prove without a doubt that Pat Robertson was was mistaken, and that homosexual activity has nothing to do with hurricanes. Right. Then but you're going to have to abstain for a year. They would abstain. They need to abstain. They would also have to somehow find a way to restrain themselves from flooding Facebook with, you know, all of their hateful comments and 
uh, spinning their their cyclones <laughs> of hatred like they've been doing. Because that was what you talked about in church on Sunday, which was a thing I had thought about too. That like, okay, so the Bible's pretty is very poetic in a lot of places, <laughs> and I know there's some Nostradamus prophet <laughs> prophecies that are sort of like this, where people are like, well, he meant. You know, he, he meant that the winds of change would right. blow. And look, he was right, you know. So if you get a little bit, if you, if you get a little creative, you can say, well, because because Christians exist, there are now just hordes of, you know, of hurricane-like LGBT groups, like spinning around and blowing hot air and getting really upset. Right. And they flooded your page with... Right with comments this week and it's like well there you go that i think that counts well i i, I understand <laughs> you're making a uh, sort of a metaphoric point right but the i think that it's worth i think it's worth a try to just abstain from all homosexual activity no pride month you know just let's just not do it for a year and see and, if and see what happens all... and is it worth it is it worth it if we eliminate hurricanes hurricanes earthquakes floods and tornadoes those were some of the basically things. natural disasters all natural disasters might be like for all we know it is directly linked to that behavior that was Pat Robertson's theory and before you say oh the guy was full of hate i think we I think we should try it. I think maybe it was a compliment because I'm, it's my understanding that all those things are kind of necessary for ecosystems to maintain their balance. So for like, you know, for, for what's the, uh, what's the word, not symbiotic, what's the word uh, that means balance? Homostasis. Yes, for, for natural homeostasis so that everything is, uh, you know, kept in alignment. Homostasis. Homeo. Oh, yeah. But yes, it's from the same <laughs> word. But it's what I was saying. If you are so science-minded, you should be like, you're welcome, Pat. Why does it have to be called homostasis? <laughs> if it weren't for all of those weather patterns, who knows what would happen to the Earth? Maybe we'd go the way of Mars or something. All the, all the water would evaporate and, you know... My understanding is that without certain, without earthquakes and stuff, like the... the oh, so your point is that he, that Pat Robertson was probably right, but but there was, but we need it. We need yeah. people to do that because... That would be my position. Maybe, maybe that's connected to forest <laughs> fires too. Right. If, right. If, I were, if I were a gay person, if I were an enterprising gay person, I was really trying to like up the marketing strategy for the whole saying, community. Stop hating on Pat Robertson. All he's suggesting is that we are necessary right. to maintain the balance of, of nature. Of right. All he's saying is how important we are. Right. He's saying without <laughs> us, there would be no earthquakes. There would be no hurricanes. There would be no, would be no forest fires. Circle of life. There would be no circle of life. It would be It would be a straight line. Right. A straight. Make, you cannot, that's, I know what I'm doing. You can't make a circle with a straight line. Uh, that's all he's saying. Oh man, see, it's too bad that like, it's too bad that we have certain standards like truth and goodness, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> we know what real love is because we could do this. We could really, we well, can, it, can contribute to the marketing. But. Yeah, we know how to we know how to spin it. Anyway. No. Anyway. All right. So. Uh, Peach has also gotten in trouble this week. Not really. 
Well, when she she sh- 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 <laughs> you you dared to. Uh, <laughs> if you want Luke to laugh, <laughs> just make inane noises. I've I've been. Uh, <laughs> I've been to uh, camp today, so I'm a little punchy. Uh, but the shiny happy people. Yeah. documentary which i haven't seen have you guys seen it no and i didn't write about that either just for clarification no i, I know I you didn't wanna, write about i don't want to add to its viewership i don't want to right i don't want to you know pay I mean? for it like i don't want to yeah. uh, give well it's on amazon, amazon right money for it isn't it yeah well i believe so so it's part of your subscription it's not like you have to pay extra for no it. i'm not worried about paying for it i just don't want to Prop up its numbers. You don't want you don't want it, people more people to see it. Well, the people are talking about it, but anyway, it's about the Duggars, and uh, it's it's basically a hit job on the Duggars. Of course, it is about how they're a, a cult and they're um, twisted and weird. And these kids have now starting starting to speak out, and they're talking about how, how horrific it was to grow up in that cultic environment. And well, I thought that's what it was about, but. Apparently, after listening to a couple of interviews with last week, I didn't watch Shiny Happy People specifically, but I did listen to uh, Ginger Duggar Wolo on um, Alicia, or I mean Elisa Childers' podcast, and then she was also on the Cultish podcast, which is an extension of Apologia, right? Um, which is uh, Jeff Durbin's group. But anyway, so I watched her on two separate programs. And my thought was <clears throat> that it was going to be that. It was going to be, oh, they're grown now. She's got a book coming out that's about disentanglement, like take, you know, removing the lies from, right. from all of her She's going to throw her family under the bus. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I thought this is, we know what this is because, because there are all of these atheists and, you know, progressive Christians who are just gleeful about this movie and about the chance for the, quote, victims to speak out. So I was ready for a victim to speak out and talk about, you know, their their Christian upbringing, and I've heard right. the deconstruction story so many times that that's I mean it's all the same, and so I was ready for some version of that. Well, you know, my parents were these hardcore fundamentalists, and they didn't let us have lives, and now I realize how destructive it was. We we never got to ask, ask questions. They never yeah. they told us it was sinful to have doubts. Now yeah. I've got now that I know the real Jesus, I know that He just loves me no matter what I do, and He loves you know, all of my choices, no matter what those choices are. And right. he's pro-gay. Even he's when I choose not to follow him, yeah. even when I choose not to honor him as Lord, everybody's turned really my going back to heaven. On him. There is no hell. My parents made that up to scare me. I mean, just like stuff like that. Jesus actually likes me better as a non-disciple than he likes all of those icky disciples that he hangs around with because Jesus they're likes, so judgmental. Jesus likes me better now as a person who doesn't identify as a Christian than he likes my stupid parents. That's what I was expecting. Yeah, which is, that's basically the deconversion story that we've heard over and over again. Right. I, Jesus likes people who are not members of the church better than he likes the church. Right. His bride. His bride. He's, he's not, real, <laughs> not real crazy about he's his bride. He's not happy with his bride, but he really likes the pagans who At want nothing to really do with him. he really likes their feet, because he will wash them all day long. <laughs> <laughs> no How many times what? have I seen that stupid cartoon? <laughs> Jesus washing Donald Trump's feet. Yep. <laughs> yep. And Joe Biden's feet. But, but... Uh, when I watched these interviews, that wasn't the story I got. Like nope. that, it was so funny because my thought was honestly, 
wow, the Duggars are so weird that even their deconstruction isn't normal. (laughs) 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 I thought that. They're so weird, even their deconstruction is odd. Yeah, because I thought like, well, but that kind of makes sense. I thought, well, they haven't been on social media their whole lives. They haven't been consuming all the typical like, self-help programming they aren't watching all the same movies and listening to the music that's all i can buy myself flowers and blah 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 right there is a certain uh al serhal said it when he was watching the homeschoolers dominate in the spelling bee a few years ago right that they were just so odd They, they just had all these weird mannerisms they would screw their faces up and twist their hair and everything and it's like they just don't know that they're on camera basically mm-hmm. and so all of their weird mannerisms because it's all because they spend all their time in that environment they don't realize how different it is from everybody else and there's nobody from the outside that says hey stop twisting your hair because you look like a weirdo right although i'm personally not sure why their mother doesn't take it upon herself to do that i don't know why your mom and well, your because dad she's and also siblings. a weirdo because of right. what you're saying <laughs> right well that's yeah. Yeah, that's a big difference. It depends. It's not just a homeschool thing. It depends on who who is doing the homeschooling and right. who brought you up. But I but I got to thinking about that. I was like, why is it that even when they give this tell all book or they come and they do an interview and it's supposed to be this like explosive, you know, exposition uh, or expose? Get Ginger Duggar's real thoughts. Like, the world, the culture is still marketing all of it the same way. They're still preparing us for this. Like, oh, here you go. The victims are speaking out. It's all clickbait. When you go listen to it, it's like, "Mm, that's not what they normally say. This is not what we were promised. (laughs) This is not. She doesn't love the hippie Jesus. She does not hate her parents. And she even said that. I love my parents. She said it multiple times. I love my parents. And as far as I can tell, they still have a relationship with them. Like, it's not like, oh, I've cut them out of my life now. They're toxic. They're toxic. You know, all of that. Religious hypocrites and bigots. And I don't want anything to do with them. When she I would rather hang around with hateful sinners than my loving hypocritical parents well when she talked to elisa she even said she'd intentionally chose the subtitle about disentangling from the lies because she knew that the word deconstruction did not fit with what she was trying to convey so she at least knows enough about the culture and about the word deconstruction that she purposely decided to distance herself from that word she knows that deconstruction usually means right. not being a Christian anymore at all. Right. Well, disentangling bears with it the idea that there is something true that you are separating from that which is not true. Whereas right. deconstruction says nothing is true. We're taking the whole thing apart. Just take it down to the studs is what she said in her yeah. interview. She's like, I know a lot of people are just so fed up with whatever hurt or abuse they've suffered that they just take everything down to the studs or further and she's like, and that's just so sad to me. She says, that's so sad to me. Right. And I'm listening to this going, okay, this is interesting to me. It's interesting that <laughs> she's still talking with a certain like discernment and a certain right, yeah. awareness of godly things and awareness of scripture that most of the people who would claim, I was raised in the church. I spent years. I really believed it. I thought I knew who Jesus was. Even though they make those claims, they still don't talk like she does. And so, right. like, she has demonstrated right. with the way that she's conducting these interviews that she actually did have a foundation 
somewhere, somehow, that most people I hear giving their testimony on deconstruction do not do have. not have right, and that's the reason that their testimony is what it is because they have, they're like, oh, I'm not going to have anything to do with those people anymore, and it's like, right, you are, you're not a discerning person because you've just exchanged one group of hypocrites for another group of hypocrites, and you don't even really seem to realize that. Right. And you, well, and you never internalize the gospel because you can repeat all the time that God loves everybody until you're blue in the face. But until it dawns on you that that includes your Pat stupid Robertson. parents, yeah, your, yeah, Pat Robertson and your parents and Donald Trump and all these other people, like until you, right. it really occurs to you what that means, you're not going to wrestle with uh, the Holy Spirit on that. You're, you know, right. you're just going to use it as a club to beat those Christians over the head with it. And then give yourself a pass right. and let yourself off the hook for well, hating them. And that that is that is an oh shoot moment too. That's a oh oh no. Yeah. I do have to love this person that I absolutely despise. Don't like yeah. So well, anyway, the blog post I wrote was just about like that observation that um, the cults, and I put that in air quotes. Although I'm not, I haven't made a decision yet on the whole Bill Gothard and his community. You know situation you i haven't don't know. made a decision yet but you're leaning a certain direction well i don't know if they qualify as a cult what i'm saying is even if they do it's telling to me that the people the children who were raised in that environment and are now reaching adulthood and writing books it's telling to me that they have a spiritual um, literacy that's far and away beyond what most of the kids who are pew sitting in the evangelical churches are are getting they're com- they're coming away with more solid scripture with which they can then judge Bill Gothard himself or their parents themselves. You're talking about what what are people refer to as the extreme quote unquote right wing right right wing fundamentalist Christian fundamentalist. Usually, if they're being accused of being in a cult, if they right. have close knit families, they have very very intentional views about music, very intentional views about dress. I mean, they've considered their faith in the light of pretty much everything, including you know, what should we be eating and and what words should we be saying and should our women right. wear pants and, you know, all these things. They've considered these things. And right. whether and you agree a, it... They consider they, it from a, from a faith standpoint. Right. right. And whether you agree with the conclusions or not, they've at least been conditioned that we go to the scripture, we need to be finding what's true, there is a truth out there somewhere, and so that's what we should all God care about. God does care about this stuff. And... They end up disagreeing. The kids, you know, may grow up into adulthood and disagree on some of those conclusions, but they still have that foundation of truth matters and we should search the scriptures and find out what God thinks because what God thinks matters. Right. And it's like... They're they're not just angry and bitter because they were uh, misunderstood or never listened to or weren't allowed to ask questions. Uh, because because they were allowed to ask questions and they were apparently given some of those skills because they're applying them to their to their parents apparently they were given permission to write books and sell them about you know disentangling and still maintain a relationship with their with parents, their parents after that book is written so it's like yeah I, I just I actually said if a cult is responsible for giving kids the necessary skills to ask those questions and then evaluate all of their choices in the light of scripture, then uh, sounds good to me. Like, (laughs) sign me up for that. Because I would like some children who, by the time they're grownups, they can look at the decisions that even I've made 
on their behalf all this time and go, well, I see why you did that. And um, I agree. Okay, I agree with, with that. This, this, and this, but I disagree with that. And it's like, great. I mean, Ginger even said, well, in the 60s and the 70s, Bill Gothard kind of rose to prominence because a lot of Christian parents were really seeing what was happening with the hippie movement, the, like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And they were nervous because they didn't want their kids to fall into this trap of like fleshly indulgence and, you right. know, addiction and just like the pain that that was causing so many people. They were like, how can we avoid this? And so Bill Gothard promised them basically this silver bullet where they could just guarantee, you know, health, wealth, and happiness. He wouldn't have said that. And she even says they wouldn't have said that in those terms. But basically, parents were looking for a way that they could try to protect their kids from that influence and with good reason. And so now we look around at the current culture and we see, you know, drag queens and LGBT madness and like, you know, feminists demanding abortion all the time and all these things. And it's like, well, parents are nervous about that too, as well they should be. And the good news is that whatever you may think about Bill Gothard individually or personally, I can tell you that Ginger Duggar has a pretty good head on her shoulders and has the ability to now separate truth from lies in a right. way that most kids in most evangelical churches are not learning because their parents are too afraid that they're going to sound culty. Yeah. Well, there's no, there's no, uh, what's the word? Everything's black and white for a lot of Christians. There was that lady who, uh, was wrote me a big long paragraph about Pat Robertson and how awful he was and how, you know, we Christians are not like that. Real Christians are not like that. He's a self-proclaimed Christian, not a real Christian. And went on from there. And I assume that this lady who is also a self-proclaimed Christian, by the way, um, it, it doesn't have any sort of, there's no nuance to her thinking. Pat Robertson was just a bad guy, a self-proclaimed Christian. What are you going to do with him? Well, he wasn't a real Christian. You know, he wasn't a real Christian. And so that's the easiest thing in the world to do, to just dismiss somebody as not a real Christian. Right. And then because he thought differently, the hard thing to do is to go, well, wait, well, Pat Robertson's also a Christian, but he's got these views that I disagree with. Some of them I really disagree with. And so I can't just... I can't just kick him off the off the bus. I can't just kick him out of the group. Right. He's a Christian. And so we're going to have to deal with this. They, we're going to have to come they to They don't some... know how. They don't even know how to read. Like, I don't trust these people who are telling me, I need to watch the documentary. Go watch Shiny Happy People before you talk about it. Because first of all, they didn't listen to the interviews with Ginger that I was specifically right. referencing. Second of all, they didn't read... Okay, they did read my blog post in the sense that they let the words pass over their eyeballs and rattle around in their head somewhere. But it was like, I don't know, 1,200, 1,400 words probably. Um, and and I was quoting it back to the two people who were, who were pushing back a little bit, right. telling me they disagreed. But what I finally said to one of them, after quoting, you know, three or four times from my blog post just to remind them what it was we were supposed to be the, talking about. The point about. That, that you had made. She was like, you don't need to keep quoting me. I, I read, read it. it. Yeah, and I, I saw said, that. Um, there's a difference between reading something and understanding it. And then I said, oh, she said, you're just, you just need to accept that I disagree. But that's when it occurred to me, you haven't disagreed with a single thing that I've said. No. You haven't disagreed with any of my points at all. You just right. keep declaring over and over again that you disagree. Right. And I don't actually think you do. I think what they mean by I disagree is 
I can't argue with you, but I want to because I don't like you as a person very much. I, I have hard, I have, I have bad feelings about this. Right. And so, so you and I disagree. Yeah, we've put our finger on that many, many times in the, in the past as far as I've had, there's a guy that goes to our church. It's an older guy and he and I have gone round and round about almost everything there is to go around about. And he is he's the face that I think about whenever somebody says, "Oh, he just disagree," is because right. we'll, we'll get we'll get him to a point. We go back and forth and back and forth, and uh, and he he always ends with, "Well, I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree." Mm-hmm. And agree to disagree is the thing that a person says when they've lost an argument and they don't want to admit that they've lost the argument. Um, and this guy, the one that pops into mind, is we were arguing about. Uh, paying for college. Well, everybody should pay. Everybody should go to college. And I said, well, but everybody can't afford to go to college. Right. That's why the government needs to pay for it. And I go, well, why does the government need to need to pay for it? And why does everybody have to go to college? And he said, he said, well, you can't even make a living if you don't go to college. And he's a, he's a master mechanic. And I said, you didn't go to college. He goes, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Yes, yeah. we will. Uh, yeah, but I don't think that they know. I don't think they even realize that it's not a disagreement. Because, again, it takes training. And I know because I'm doing this with my kids right now. You, They have to actually be taught how to recognize a good argument and a faulty one. They have to be taught how to express themselves. They have to be taught how to read what somebody else has expressed and then demonstrate they understood it through comprehension questions. Right. And if that's not part of your you know, education or somebody tried, but you just didn't retain it because it, it was too hard, then you're not going to be able to function on the same level as somebody like, I don't know, let's say Ginger Duggar. Ginger Duggar who was homeschooled, and again, maybe you don't agree with all the lessons. I probably don't either. Maybe you didn't no. necessarily agree with every textbook that she, I, she there's read. There's a bunch of stuff I don't agree about with Pat Robertson. But it seems that but. she's at least able to take somebody else's argument, like Bill Gothard's, and go, well, here's what he's saying, and here's the verse that he uses, but here's why that's a misunderstanding, or here's why it's more nuanced than right. that. And it's like, Wow. That's the type of reasoning skill right. that's like completely missing from so many self-profit. Well, then you, know, you can agree to disagree after you've done right. that because you put your finger on what the disagreement is. It's right. not just you being unhappy that I have a point of view that you can't that you can't respond to. Did Pat Robinson have children? Roberts. Yeah. Roberts. yeah. Are they well adjusted and away. able to use discernment? As far as I know, I haven't heard. Uh, his son, I think, was actually running the 700 Club, was pretty involved in it for a while. and Because the knock against cults is that the people within them are, are gaslit and brainwashed right. and all of this stuff. And so if the Duggar cult is resulting in people who have discernment, which discernment means that you can, you can learn things and right. you can differentiate... Like, that's not, that's the opposite of a cult. Like, that's what I want for my own children. Yeah, but they would still say, the critics would still say that she is brainwashed. Right. Which is something I put in the blog post, too. I'm like, listening to her talk, she still meets all the criteria, her and her husband both, for a scary, cultish, you know, hyper-conservative, 
like the way she talks about Jesus, the way she talks about right. the authority of Scripture, the fact that mm. they still believe that they should pass their faith on to their kids. Having definitive guidelines and rules yeah. that you follow is, is going to get you labeled now as she, a cult in this culture. She doesn't wear only skirts now. She wears pants in addition to skirts. Right. So there's stuff that she's moved away from that her parents believed. So the people in her old cult would call her a cultist in this new cult now. But, right, right. <laughs> but what's funny is that, like, she, or I guess what's encouraging to me is that she she can now articulate why her parents believed that they should only wear skirts and why she is choosing, and her husband also agrees, that you know, that it's not quite that restrained. And she said, um, where the Bible is silent, she wants to also be silent, and where the Bible speaks, she wants to speak. And so she says there was a lot of extra-biblical teaching with which she now disagrees, but she also understood, understands what the purpose was behind that, which was trying to get people to think about what they did, what their choices were in the music they listened to and in the you know clothes they wore. I have, I, I have fully embraced the words indoctrination, brainwash, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'm I'm actually warming to cult just because because those are the words that they want to use, and it's like okay. I understand what you mean by that word. And if you want to call it indoctrination, I'm fine with that. I, I right. used to call I it education. Ability, but I have the ability to think about what words mean and then make adjustments yeah. because actually I was taught how to think. And so, yeah, if yeah. you give me your definition, I'll go with it. And brainwash, brainwash is fine. You know, so if somebody's going to, the phrase that, I think you and I were talking a week or so ago, and the phrase that occurred to me was brainwashing somebody with the truth is called love. I mean, right. if you if you if you thoroughly soak their brains in the truth, that is the, the most loving and kind thing that you right. could do for a well, person. And and it occurred to me again, thinking about the Duggars, I was like, not a day went by in those children's lives that they weren't completely aware that everybody around them thought they were weird, that everybody disagreed <laughs> with them. Everybody in their vicinity, you know, was different and mm-hmm. made different choices. And so they were constantly bombarded with the idea that what they were doing was not normal. Not normal, not normal, not normal. Mm-hmm. They knew that. Um, and so when it came time to make decisions for their own families after they got married, they had a pretty good right. basis for deciding. <laughs> do we want to be normal or do we, we want to be normal or are we, we going to do what we think is right? And how do we decide, you know, right. how do we decide whether what our parents were teaching us was a good kind of abnormal or a bad kind of abnormal and, and on they would go. But it occurred to me that most of their critics have never been challenged with the idea that maybe they also were brainwashed or that they were growing up right. in a cult. Like right. for them, all of these assumptions were completely under the table and, and nobody thought about whether it was right or wrong. Um, I told you there was a commenter the other day who was like, oh, it is so sad that these um, gypsy women, these gypsy young girls in England are taught to believe that they should be um, housekeepers and, and mothers only and not right. go out and get jobs. It is so right. sad that they were brainwashed to believe that. And my first thought was, it's never even occurred to you that maybe you were brainwashed to think that that was sad. Right. Nobody's ever challenged that view. Like the gypsies, I promise you, they are taught or they're told all the time that it's sad that they're, you know, that their views on gender roles are just so rigid. They know that that's weird, but nobody has ever said to that commenter, it's really sad that feminism has brainwashed you so much. So it's never even occurred to her that she's been 
you know, uh, in a cult <laughs> that she's been educated to believe the way that she thinks. Right. Right. Well, that is, that's absolutely true. Everything that we have learned, we've, we've been taught. I mean, nobody's, we're born knowing very little. I don't think we know nothing, but we're, but we're born <laughs> knowing very little. We, we certainly don't know anything about the culture. We don't know how to interact with other people. And so uh, that stuff is all taught to us, all of it. Mm-hmm. And the assumption that, that because I was raised with, a, with Christian or groom, grooming is the other word that I'm yeah. warming up to. I wondered um, if you'd bring that up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm using that word now to uh-huh. describe what happened to me when I, was, when I was raised in church. I was groomed because somebody told me that. Somebody said, well, you were groomed. That's where all the groomers are is in church. And I was thinking about that. And it's like, you know, that's true. <laughs> it's true. Because that's what you do when you groom a child so that they'll behave a certain way as they get older. And Socializing, so, but sure. Yeah. yeah, if you want to call it grooming, great. I'll call it grooming. And, uh, and I'll put, up, I'll put my convinced. grooming up against yours any day. Luke has feelings about that word. I'm going to pass on grooming. <laughs> <laughs> keep that one for yourself <laughs> it's so fun it's so fun though because i've been teaching cammy and colin about the three stages of classical education the three stages of development which according to dorothy sayers kind of me- uh, mesh with the three um the three classes in the trivium for classical education so grammar logic and rhetoric really go nicely with like when the children are sponges who are learning how to memorize all these facts when they're very small to when they start wanting to argue in middle school to when they want to start like expressing themselves and having their own unique style when they're in high school and and onward and I was describing it for for Cammy and Colin and Cammy was the one who like wants to relate everything she's learning back to Warren who's a year old and she's like, yeah, because when I tell him to do this, he says this. And if I ask him, what's this? He'll say this, and he repeats everything. <laughs> That's correct. That's the idea. Yeah. So now having kids learning how kids develop is really fun. It's fun to have them at all these different stages so that like part of Cammie's education now is how to educate somebody right. even younger than she is. Right. And so it all comes full circle. Well, and at the... Uh, Christian people, at the end of the day, we are supposed to be the light. We're supposed to be the fountains of truth. We're supposed to be the uh, place where people can go to learn things and to be indoctrinated and to be uh, to be here. Take these. No, I'll take. You can. You. We're supposed to indoctrinate and brainwash people. Our um, truth is supposed to runneth over like a plugged urinal. <laughs> I wondered, wondered if you'd be able How to How long have you been working back. on that? I just, just got how to, how to bring it back around. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the toilet episode, Carl. <laughs>